Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. And we're on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. Hello there. He is. Hello there. Um, what are we talking about today, Tim? We are talking about it's Star big. Wars, the Clone Wars. We are talking about Star Wars Day. We are talking about Disney Plus. We are talking yeah. about the Go. end of uh, something big, painful, painful but beautiful. Uh, the uh, uh, it's it's a Shakespearean tragedy, Tim. It's so beautiful but oh so painful. We are going to talk about both of the uh, episodes eleven and twelve of Clone Wars. So we're going to finish out not only the season but the series. So, as Tim mentioned, today is Monday, May 4th, also known as Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Yay. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. All right. You said you uh, want to talk Disney. Did you have news before we get uh, before we get going? Uh, well, I was going to mention the, uh, the Mandalorian. Heard of it. And the docu-series that they've posted. Um it looks like the Mandalorian docu-series is going to be eight episodes. The first episode released today at 32 minutes, and the others will be coming. I don't know. What's a docu-series? But... You mean like them showing how it's made? Yeah, it's all behind the scenes, so it's a it's considered a documentary, but they're releasing it in Ooh. in episodes, so, so it's a series. So it's so like the Tiger King, but not disturbing. No, I didn't watch that. <laughs> Good for you. Um... <laughs> Like I just heard tidbits here and there, and everybody whatever he was saying, and <laughs> it's not worth pictures. I, I, I watched like, it. It's, you yeah. shouldn't watch it. It's it's a car wreck. You watch it, and you're like, I wish I hadn't watched that, but it really was interesting. Yeah, so I just I'm just not watching it. I'm good. Um, I've got a new docu series to watch. Um, yeah, you do. So I haven't watched the first episode yet. We're not talking about that here. Oh, it's out. Um, that will. The first episode's out. Interesting. I didn't even that know was that. Part of yep. That's part of what came out today. Um. I'm such a fanboy. Yes, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. So we'll start with that, and then we'll—I mean—probably come back and, and talk about that some here with our with our next um, few episodes of this podcast because it's it seems to be interesting. I don't know. It could it could be very uh, you know straightforward and not needing of a podcast to talk about. So Pedro Pascal did not actually appear on set until the final episode. <laughs> you know, a lot of the scenes of the Mandalorian are not him. Yeah. So, which is kind of sad to me. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Didn't realize it was out there. Now i got something else to do today. I'm yep. injured um, and I have to stay with my foot elevated and iced. So, uh, so yeah, I'm in a bad way, Tim. That's not good. No, I didn't even tell you about that. No, you um, didn't. <laughs> well, it's a story. Uh, anyway... So, anyway, uh, so uh, do you remember the year that Star Wars came out? 1977. 77. It was 77 days ago that the season 7 of The Clone Wars that we are wrapping up today started. That's true. That's cool. And that's a prime number. It is not. <laughs> that's going back to our old jokes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so, um, so, wow, 1977, 77 days into the final season of Clone Wars in the final episode. Oh, man, today. it was so good. 
yeah. So, so we're uh, so there's that. There's the docu series, and of course, uh, we mentioned last time Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is also available on Disney Plus now. Yes. Um, Disney Plus, like when you turn it on, you know they always have their big intro, like, "Hey, you might like to check this out." Every single giant box of check this out is something Star Wars. So it's really fun to just turn on Disney Plus and all you see there is Star Wars in your face. It's it's uh well the memes the memes are out there. So on our Facebook page, I think I posted something about uh you know Baby Yoda hopefully left you something you know last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the funnier memes I saw though was from the Mandalorian Mercs. It has a picture of stormtroopers and it says. Don't celebrate May the 4th or something like that. It's really funny. Oh, yes. <laughs> we support the bad guys. Uh, so that was pretty good. So may the 4th be with you. All right. So any other news? That's all the news I've got. Then let's get our business out of the way. Uh, we would ask if you enjoyed this podcast that you go to iTunes or any other uh, platform you listen to and leave us a five-star rating or whatever the highest rating is and leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us which um, which host sounds the sleepiest. Yeah, I have news. <laughs> I have news. I have, oh, news. I have wait, news. We got more news. I almost forgot. Um, we're going to talk Legos and toys for a second. Heck yeah. I want the Lego Slave 1. I have. Uh, my son, has. A, he has the original Lego Slave 1 that came nice. out in, uh, I think, 2001. Yeah. Um, he found that at a at an old shop Sweet. recently and, and bought that. Um, so that was really cool. The other one is $120, It is part of the 40th anniversary and will soon be not available. So if you are interested in that Lego Slave 1, it is already hard to get. It's on lego.com, I think, but the other anniversary sets are gone. We actually got the other sets, my son and I, because the other ones are all like $10, $15, $30, $40 sets. Um, we did not get the $120 no, Slave 1, but it is still available. Um, that leads us into what I was going to talk about. Uh, lego.com is... is Running sort of a Star Wars special. It's not as big as some of their other ones, but everybody's a little weird with sales and stuff right now. Yeah. Um, there's a cool, like, Death Star 2 fight happening. Um, it's a little micro set uh, that's available. If you spend $75 or more, they'll send that to you for free. Uh, for $200, there's a new collector series, which is the A Wing. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Um, good size. But it's, again, $200. The. Oh, what was the August? There's a big set coming in August. I didn't write it down. It was kind of exciting looking. There's a big set coming in August, and there's a bigger set coming September 1st, and that September 1st set, if I got my dates right, is the Razor Crest. They've actually created. Oh, yes. And um, it's available for pre-order. Yes. Um, and that's at about 1.30, so. Oh, I listened to, speaking of Slave 1, I listened to... Um, Star Wars in character released, they're, they're, during this whole quarantine thing, they're releasing some of their previously, uh, like, paid content, because they do both a paid site and a, like, free-to-the-public site, um, and they did a history of Slave One, and really interesting stuff in there about that ship. Um, a lot of the questions that you and I have, they, they answer. Um, again, I would warn people that it's, it's not for all Star Wars fans, and it's definitely not for children, um, but I... I've mentioned that show almost every episode. It's uh, it's a great place if you uh, 
are a grown-up and you don't mind people kind of bashing and making fun of Star Wars, it's a good place to hear. Um, otherwise, it can be kind of frustrating if, like, you get... Like, they did an episode on uh, Luminara that almost made me stop listening because they basically were making fun of her the whole time, and it was funny. But I, I love Luminara. She's one of my favorite characters. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, so interesting history of Slave One available from those guys at uh, Star Wars in Character. So a little shout-out to them. Yeah. Yep. And they did answer my question about when uh, uh, Aura Singh wrecked Slave One um, because Ahsoka Tano cut off one of the wings and then cut the canopy open. And then you see it go over a hill and you see a giant explosion. That is the same ship. It just gets rebuilt over and over again. And it's the only one in existence um, because the model ship was a prototype and the other ones were destroyed by Jango Fett. Anyway, I thought it was a cool story. Yeah. Any, any other news? That's all the news I got. Um, talk a little COVID, just because, again, I find this interesting uh, coming from podcasts I listen to around the country and around the world. Um, things here really haven't changed too much, but some of the states in, uh, in America are starting to open up. Um, Texas has announced that restaurants are starting to open. Um, Georgia, they've opened all kinds of businesses. They still have a lot of restrictions on them. But um, so they think that we may, might have plateaued. Really, the only uh, hot spot in the United States turns out to be New York City, which makes sense because it's probably the densest uh, population center in the United States. Um, the United States tends to be very, even though it's a very large population, third in the world, um, it's also a lot of land. Uh, so people tend to be spread out a lot more in the United States than they are in, say, European countries. Um, a lot of interest, uh, you know, in the Swedish model. Right now, Sweden has kind of uh, gone with the herd immunity approach. I think they're the only nation that has done this. Uh, England played with the idea, but ultimately went on uh, kind of a quarantine lockdown like uh, the rest of us. Um, they're not seeing a significantly higher death count. They, uh, they are in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, the fatality or mortality of the virus. But they didn't close high schools and universities. Uh, no, sorry, the other way around. They closed high schools and universities, but they didn't close like uh, what we would call middle schools, elementary schools, and uh, daycares, preschools. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And they did do uh, quarantine on people over a certain age, which is an idea that we're starting to play with here in the States. Is uh, Because economically, there's going to be a huge fallout from this. Um, so there needs to be some sort of balancing act between getting businesses started and, uh, and protecting the people. Um, I, I was really struck by a comment online I saw where someone said, uh, you know, how are you defining essential employees? Uh, anyone who has to pay a mortgage, their job is essential. Um, and, you know, that, that's true. No matter what you do, you do it for the money, probably. Uh, you got bills to pay. All jobs are essential. Um, so... Interesting time to live in, Tim. Indeed. I didn't know if you had anything to add. I uh, I spend an inordinate amount of time since we are in lockdown listening to uh, economic and news podcasts. <laughs> yep, I have uh, actually. Just, I've been. They call uh, me Good News Jim because I'm all about the enough, good news. Yeah, I've been listening to a little bit less on podcasts, um, but I've been well. I've been on a tractor and such more so i can't hear anything so it's been <laughs> i i got these awesome bluetooth uh hearing protectors you know like the type of headphones you put on when you're on a construction site but they're bluetooth 
So uh, I can I can ride around on my yard tractor or, or use my power equipment is still here, which is awesome. You'll have to send me a link to that. I got them from Lowe's, dude, and they only cost like $20 more than the regular earring protectors. So I was like, that's that's $20 well spent, and the battery life on them is forever. So, sweet. I'm going to Lowe's tomorrow. Well, wear your mask. I got sent an interesting diagram of explaining how masks work by Tim. You're welcome. <laughs> it's really effective. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks to all my DIY stuff, I've got a lot of the N95 uh, masks still. I'm set on that. Anyway, that's probably enough non-Star Wars related. Let's talk countdown. Well, I didn't finish my five-star review. It's how we grow the show. That was the last part I had to say about it. There you go. So please leave us a review. It's how we grow the show. Um, we love the Netherlands because they appear to still be uh, growing in numbers. England is catching up. I think you might be on to something, Tim, with the uh, release of Mandalorian and Disney Plus and other... Uh, um, in other locations because our listenership on older podcasts has gone up uh, and that's that's exciting for us uh, so very very cool all right so countdowns you ready i'm ready negative 77 days since the beginning of clone wars uh, season seven ha 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 sure. we talked about February that 17th that was uh that was a whole pandemic and a half ago oh man how different life was in february that's just crazy to think um all right how many days till star wars day star wars day is now we're it's there happening. you're there it's great it's wonderful get it some lightsabers out and you're making a lot of noise Are you getting your uh, star wars tree up yeah <laughs> so i was excited about star wars day and i was pew pew making noise we didn't have a sponsor today that's too bad i love our sponsors i got my star hero wars is here on sponsor this is our certain point of view Officially brought to you by Star Wars Day. A day for Star Wars. Yahoo! I think we can say that because I don't think Star Wars Day has any actual affiliation to any company. So, um, Our certain point of view is not uh, affiliated with Lucasfilm, Disney Plus, or any of their associated uh, businesses. <laughs> All right. So today is May the 4th. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Soon we're planning on them buying us out for a billion dollars and, uh, you know, just so they can get our name or something. Uh, anyway... Uh, how many days till celebration, if it happens? 115 days until August 27th. Correct. Um, and man, I'm hoping things will be back to normal by then. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, and that's it for our countdowns. That's it. All right, yeah. so before we talk about episode 11, yeah. uh, how did you feel? You mean in finishing the series? No, just episode 11. Uh, well, I had the same reaction to both episodes, to be honest. It was, uh, it's appropriately titled Shattered. Yes. I, I absolutely loved it. This is where I was making the joke about Shakespearean tragedy. I loved it, and it depressed me, and my daughter was, like, almost in tears, because Rex and Ahsoka are two of her favorite characters. Um, it was an emotional, just powerful thing. Um, but again, I had the same reaction with Victory and Death, the, the 12th episode. What, what about you? I, yeah, so I, it's It was funny. the same. I was actually hoping that you would answer exactly the way you did. So before we said the name of the episode is Shattered, I was asking you how you felt, and I was hoping you'd go with Shattered, and you did. Shattered. That was not planned out, folks. Yeah, look at us on impromptu. Um, it's funny because, you know, the last two episodes of our podcast I've titled, uh, so episode uh, 25 was, episode, was titled Clone Wars, best episode ever, question mark. 
And then episode 26 is best episode ever again, question mark. Um, so I don't know what to title episode 27. Best episodes again ever, question mark, question mark. Um, I'm thinking we've got the best story arc. and Absolutely. Um, we can we can leave it there. The only story arc that might be better for me... No, there's none. You're right. Um, I was going to talk about the Ahsoka leaving the temple. Because uh, I'm going to talk about that a lot in our review. Because that has a lot to do with this. That became very powerful, but I don't think the overall arc as a set of episodes was as strong as this one. True. I, I went so back and that's my difference. I went back and specifically watched the scene where she was talking to the council and then when she you know talked to Anakin one on one and walked away. But I want to talk about that more in a little bit. Yeah. Um Alright, so let, are you ready to get started? I'm ready to get started. Mandalore burned. First uh, line in the Ahsoka novel, and that was my thought when we have the opening scene of Shattered, uh, episode 11. Uh, all of these, by the way, written, directed by Dave Filoni, uh, which makes sense. And again, we have the uh, same intro with uh, with the green Lucasfilm, the old school um, title logo, and uh, this one was 26 minutes long. So again, I think this was designed to play as a movie, now that we have all four of them. Um, so, I can't read my own writing. Oh yeah, they confirmed right away what you said last episode, and I missed, that Gar Saxon was indeed taken prisoner by the clones. Uh, so we yeah. see the clones imprisoning uh, you know, the members of the Saxon clan. And we see Ahsoka with Maul. Yeah. Uh, she's ca he's all tied up in the ship. And uh, they, she says, well, this is what the council wanted. Um, I thought it, that was an interesting line. Yeah, uh, and it gets more interesting when she actually gets in there to address the council. Yeah, um, and she's talking to Bo when she says that, and she uh, Bo is basically congratulating her, Bo Katan, the Mandalorian leader, and uh, Ahsoka says, "Well, I learned from the best, including you." Um, and Bo says, "I wish I was better at something other than war," which is a running theme throughout Ahsoka's problems with the Jedi. And she will directly say that in the last episode, pretty much. And uh, Ahsoka responds with, Your people need a new kind of leader. And uh, Bo references uh, uh, Satine. She says, My sister tried that. Um, I never understood her idealism. And we, this is all like fatalistic language, and it really plays into what we learn in The Mandalorian, that the fate of Mandalore over the next 40 years is just going to continue to go downhill. Um the glory days of Mandalore are probably over forever. Um, so Ahsoka was uh, summoned to this meeting, the hologram meeting with the uh, council, and she says, uh, is Master Skywalker there? And Rex says, well, he was. Um, but by the time she gets there, he's gone. And right, you know from when he, when he says that? <laughs> you were like, well, she's not seeing him. No, that she would never see Anakin again. Um, yeah. Um, Coyote Mundi says that the Chancellor must give up, so she walks in on this uh, conversation, basically. Now, actually, before she walks in, we hear this conversation. Yeah, uh, so they're trying to give us a timeline of where we are exactly in the movie. Yes, uh, um, that's exactly what I felt, what's too. Going on, so they're replaying that, which was interesting, because it tells us, like, during that movie, yeah. it was actually, I loved this, this little yeah. tidbit that yes. they added in here, because it tells you that when they were standing there talking... They were on this conference call already waiting for Ahsoka. And so she was directly a part of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. 
Yes. Which is really cool. I, I am not big on the remakes as like the original trilogy stuff they added, but oh my gosh, if I could go back and add anything to Revenge of the Sith, um, it would be the scene where uh, Anakin's talking about his new empire and Kenobi's, you know, says you're already lost. I would add a line in there about think of Ahsoka. That yep. that would just work so well because yes, she's she's obviously very involved. So Coyote Mundi, Chancellor must give up his power after the capture of Grievous, and May says, and the Jedi take control of the Senate. And Yoda says, to a dark place this line of thought leads. Um, and this is when Ahsoka enters. So this is all pretty much straight out of the movie so far. That conversation. Yep, that's exactly there. They just re-recorded with the. Uh... It sounded like they re-recorded with the Clone Wars voice actors. Because uh, it wasn't it wasn't Samuel Jackson talking. It was yeah. The guy who, it was the guy who plays Mace in the Clone Wars. Correct. So it was all re-recorded, which is cool. So Ahsoka reports that she has captured Maul, and they congratulate her on her uh, on on this. And she says, "I was doing my duty as a citizen." And Yoda says, "Not as a Jedi." And she says something very interesting. She says, no, yes. not yet. No, not yet. So, um, in the back of her was, head. Not in the back anymore. I mean, she, this oh, is her point. saying, we're, we're closing this war out. And it may even be that she knew the war was closing out. As the war closed out, she was ready to come back and maybe help the Jedi be what they're supposed to be. Yeah, maybe one of her hopes for peace. Um, that's, that's kind of the way that I took it was like, she's ready to do her part to make it better. And, uh, and it, which, you know, just tears into you, you know, this is yes. like turning the knife. Uh, yes. Especially <laughs> given what she says to Rex about war later in episode 12, um, that, yeah, maybe that was her hope. Yeah. Um, then, so she says she wants to talk to Skywalker and, May says he's with the Chancellor, and we know what conversation this is. This is the one where the Chancellor reveals himself to be a Sith Lord, and Anakin is conflicted. Um, says, I should kill you, and then he, he goes and tells Mace who the Chancellor is right after that. But this is that meeting where they first get together. Um, so that was interesting. And she says, well, what about Kenobi? And they say, he's fighting on Utapah. So we know, again, that we are moments away from Order 66, that it is about to go down. So we, the viewers, I, I don't know about you, but, I mean, I love Star Wars. So I'm, like, emotionally, like, I'm carrying this heavy burden of expectation. Wasn't that well put, carrying this heavy burden of expectation? That was well put. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> the same. This was, this was all devastating. Um, I mean, it just it just was heavy and burden of expectation. Heavy burden of expectation. Um, <laughs> I also found it interesting. So so we continue this conversation, and everybody starts to leave. Well, right? before that, Ahsoka says, "So the war could be over soon." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And May says, "Depends on the Chancellor." And Ahsoka says, "What do you mean?" And one of the many moments where I hate Mace Windu. I was going to talk to you about this. I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember you were. Uh... This, this is a line I was going to call out for you. Do it. It says, I'm sorry, citizen. Yeah. Those, these matters are this for the council. This is a matter for the council. Now, 
I, I and I already had a counter to that for you too. So I'm just gonna say my counter before you uh, before Jerk. you rant about mace. Um, the statement, the word "citizen" was a was not a thing to say. Everything else that he said was fine. If yes. he said, this is a matter for the council, that's true. Even when she was Ahsoka Tano, Padawan learner of Anakin Skywalker, Agreed. member of the Jedi Order, Agreed. that line would have been fine. But the fact that he said, I'm sorry, citizen. Yeah. Um, now, to and a second counter to that, she said, I did my duty as a citizen. She so, was also sticking it to them a little bit. So he's being petty. He's, well, and keep in mind, you know my, my theory on him. He's the only true gray Jedi who actively uses some dark side, and he's got to have a little bit of anger still at the surface. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all. That's, that's my take on Mace Windu. And, you know, I was never a fan of Mace Windu. I do like him more than I used to. Um, you know, it's one of the things about Star Wars. Yeah. When you watch Star Wars, you fall in love with Star Wars. And then there are components of Star Wars that you don't like so much. Yeah. But the more they're around, it's like Star Wars is it ages well. I agree. Um, you know, like well, it's you're funny. just like you know what? That's not. I'm not as mad about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the exception that being in Return of the Jedi when they remake it and the guy goes Rah! and uh, Yoda's uh, old palace hate that i will always hate that anyway well the exception being um <laughs> the exception being han, han not shooting first yes but that's not shooting that's not see that's a difference that's not an aging issue that's changing it yep they changed right? like, my love but so, anyway for example the pod race let's go to the pod race real quick okay right people were like why was the pod race so long the pod race was so long it ruined the movie people hated the pod what? race i remember this Really? Um, and I didn't hate the pod race. I always thought it was one of the more popular parts. I thought it was pretty cool. No, I heard. I heard that's that was the thing that I heard about episode one. Was like, why we? I thought it was Jar Jar Binks. And I was, well, Jar Jar Binks was was obnoxious, <laughs> um, for sure. But like, I heard it growing up forever. This pod race was so long and so bad. And so I always liked the me. pod race, but I think it's gotten better. Like, you don't hear anybody anymore downing the pod race. <laughs> No, they, in the remake, they added a third lap, I think. I mean, it's four yeah. laps in total, but the third lap didn't appear in the movie, like the original release. Um, as a matter of fact, that's when you see Aura Singh on, the only time you see her on on film. Um, right. Yeah. Well, you know they have pod racing on Malastar. It's very fast, very dangerous. Very dangerous. I don't get the reference. That's what uh, Qui-Gon says to Anakin when they mention pod racing. Oh, you are a fanboy. Very fast, very dangerous. And Anakin says, I'm the only human that can do it. Oh, uh, that's right. That's he right. Says, you must have Jedi reflexes. Uh, where'd you get your laser sword, dude? And then, yeah, I saw Wizard. your laser sword. <laughs> so, well, maybe I killed a Jedi and took it from him. Nobody can kill a Jedi. All right. <laughs> so, so, back to, I still think Maul was being a jerk when he emphasized the word citizen. But you're absolutely right. Mace it, Windu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mace Windu. Maul's always a jerk. Oh, but such an awesome jerk in this. Anyway, um, yeah, Mace, I thought he was a bit of a jerk. Not to mention the fact that literally about um, 20, 30 minutes later, when Anakin, who has been torn by this uh, mission to go spy on the Chancellor to begin with, comes back and says he is the Sith Lord. 
chancellors of Sith Lord. And Mace says one of the biggest jerk lines, and I've ranted about this on the podcast before. He says, if this is true, you'll have finally earned my trust. Now, this guy's been a general leading troops in combat, risking his life over and over again. And Mace says this to him. If this is true, I mean, I can't imagine working for a boss for like three years and I've been doing exceptional. All my work is perfect. All my work is great. I've got a reputation, even though I'm young, as being one of the best people they've ever had. And then, like, I get to a final project, and the guy's like, if you do good on this, I'll finally think you're a good employee. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, shut up. Anyway, so Mace... Yeah, uh, I'll counter that one later on. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, at this point, uh, they do exit the hologram, um, everyone except for Yoda. And that, so now it's Yoda, Rex, and Ahsoka, and Yoda says, do you have a message for Skywalker? And uh, she hesitates, and th- this is very, very sad, because, again, you know what's going to happen. But she says, I'll tell him when I see him. And then Yoda says a line that I have a problem with. He you says, have a problem with? I do have okay. a problem with this. He says... May the force be with you, Padawan. Do you know what the problem is here? I don't. When she, this is why I went back and watched the episode where she leaves the Jedi Order. When she's in the council and they're basically having to eat crow over, uh, you know, how they had accused oh, her. Okay, I know what your problem is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that the force is unpredictable, and we never know how trials will come. But this was your trial. To make you a knight. To make you a Jedi knight. And that's when they offer her, to, they'd say, we want you back in the order. They're, they basically said she had earned the rank of knight. So two things wrong with this. First, she's not in the Jedi order, but he calls her Padawan. And second, he had said earlier that she had earned the rank of knight. Okay, so I've got a counter for both. Dumb Yoda. I've got a <laughs> counter for both. Yeah. Um, she... Had passed the trials, Yahoo! but had not accepted her rank of knight. Which means she didn't accept her rank of Padawan either. So she was she was not officially a a Jedi Knight. She was never officially made to be a Jedi Knight. I think it would have been a lot more powerful if he had called her Jedi. That would have been much more cooler. May the Force be with you, Jedi. Well, um, and I'm like guessing that. I'm guessing they had a similar. I'm guessing they had a similar debate to as we're having now because they don't. None of the Jedi ever refer to the other Jedi as Jedi. Correct. Right. Like it's not a it's not a name. If you're a Padawan, they can call you Padawan. Like if you're a Sergeant, they call you Sergeant. But I if you're a Jedi, they don't knight, call you though. Jedi. But I don't. I mean, I've heard they use Master a well, lot, but that, I've never. That's heard what knight. I'm saying. They don't say any of that. Yeah. They don't, I don't say. Know. Like, they'll say Master Qui-Gon, right? Master yeah. Obi-Wan. Or they'll say Obi-Wan. Those are the things that they say, unless it's Padawan. Yeah. When they're a knight, there's no... Um, Honorary. There's, no, there's, there's yeah. no prefix to it. There's nothing to go along with it. So I'm thinking that was part of the debate. Like, nobody ever says, oh, hey, Jedi, to another Jedi. Um, so that's, that's going to be part of it from the, from the writer's point of view. Yeah. Um, and I think the other part of it was a, I honestly think it was more of a, a father, grandfather figure 
you know, I know that you left. I still care for you. You are still part of this with me. I, I mean, I, I, yes. I think it was meant to be entirely affectionate. Caring. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree that was the point, but sticklers like me, you know the Star Wars fan community. <laughs> this is where I'm a stickler. Wait, no, because in episode 20, season 5, and that is the episode in season, um... Anyway, so Yoda goes away, um, and now it's just Rex and Ahsoka, and he says, you didn't tell them what Maul said about Skywalker. So he points that out, and she said, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. And now we are shown an imprisoned Maul being transported in a very awesome-looking case that the Mandalorians had created. That was cool, because Bo uh, um, describes it as a relic from a bygone era, and I'm quoting, when Mandalorians had reason to imprison you force-wielding maniacs. She says that to Ahsoka. So with, we a, got with a, a smirk and a smile and a joke on her face. Like yeah, she's, a, she's not threatening Ahsoka, yeah. You know, um, um, as we were prepping for this episode, we, we were talking about people with good and, and poor senses of humor. Yeah, we did. And I think this was an example of Bo-Katan having a very appropriately placed sense of humor. Yeah. He said I had a poor sense of humor. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm the funny one. Yeah, among <laughs> other things. <laughs> Look, anyway, um, yeah, so I, I love the uh, reference to Star Wars lore, though, because we, and we talked about this in our history of Mandalore, that the Mandalorians had sided <laughs> with the Sith in a war against the uh, Jedi. Um, so this, that's what she's referring to when we had a reason to imprison you force-wielding maniacs. And uh, Ahsoka said, I, I thought your sister outlawed these devices. Bo-Katan said she did. This is the last one. You know, that's Legends. They could do a whole other thing with, with Mandalore at this point still. They could. Um, but it, that reference is interesting. They clearly... Mandalorians are... One of the reasons they're so awesome is they are still trained in how to fight Force users. Um, which makes them very impressive warriors in general. Except against Ahsoka. Against well, Ahsoka's who can stand against Ahsoka? Just a handful of force wielders. I mean, seriously, like she, you she know, and yeah. we talked about the strength of Ahsoka, but the way that she, well, and we're going to keep talking about it in these next two episodes. The way that her handling of the clones was was nothing short of masterful. Oh yeah, she, yeah. There's only literally a handful of people, um, and those are force wielders who can even stand against her. Um, yeah, one of our listeners, Matt, actually wrote in and he said he, he agreed with me that uh, Ahsoka was probably the greatest of the Jedi. Um, not just because of her fighting abilities, but because of her heart. Um, so, here we see Bo-Katan uh, say goodbye, and there's a very final feeling about this. Um, they do the warrior handshake where he grasps the forearm, um, and then we leave uh, Mandalore. We head to the Star Destroyer. And you see a very menacing image of Maul inside his, uh, his, his, whatever, container, I don't know what you call that thing. Um, and the music here is awesome. It's very spooky, um, it's very dark, foreshadowing kind of music, and you just see Maul inside this red light cage, and you can just see his eyes. Um, yeah. And it's very melancholy, uh, um, when Ahsoka enters the bridge. And the clones are saluting her. And we're literally just minutes from Order 66. And again, us as an audience, we know that. And ah, uh, that I thought that was a powerful scene. Oh, it's horrible. And you know, 
Um, back on the on the contraption for a second, I just found it interesting. They they have these contraptions to, to trap force wielders. Mm-hmm. Um, one, if I had to guess, I would say that there is an execution mode within it. I um, wondered that when they went to go I, kill him. Yeah, my guess is... Well, yeah, because they opened it, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Because um, my guess would be if they were going to to build this thing to trap force users... Well, the Mandalorians are, 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 we'll use the word honorable yeah. when it comes to warfare. Civilized, um, yeah. It, it may be that they felt it to be unhonorable or dishonorable. This would be the, um, that Inhonorable. Be dishonorable to, uh, <laughs> to go walk up to a prisoner and push a button and have him gone. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be willing to bet that they do a, a, more, a more public execution, which for any Sith would probably be them immediately striking out and having to be shot down but it's no. uh that would be that would be my guess for many of them um, but it was definitely an interesting contraption it was interesting that they couldn't uh, you know i would love to know more about that supposed technology like it just seems odd but anyway um so yes we're on there it's menacing it's crazy looking well uh, oh i was gonna say about them getting we don't know whether the Mandalorians in the past, in canon, were at war with the Jedi or the Sith. We don't know what the right. actual just old enemy at this point. Like, it used to be the Jedi. And maybe um, they left imagine... it vague when she said that about force-wielding maniacs. Yeah. So imagine if their enemy was the Sith. Like, they didn't want to side with the Republic because they sided with the Jedi, and the Jedi were still force users, but it was because they hated the Sith. Right. Could you imagine the amount of rage that would just swell up inside of a Sith Lord stuck in that thing for, I don't know, let's say a month. <laughs> yeah, I'll give them a time to focus their powers. And then the Jedi, if they captured a Jedi, like, if they were strong enough to, to keep themselves calm and focused and meditate in the Force versus becoming very angry that they were stuck in there and learning new powers. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might... Know. Then you might like this, another shout-out to Star Wars in character, their history of Slave 1. Slave 1 supposedly has one of those containers on it that can contain a, a Force user. Um, so that's interesting. I wonder if he got it from this, uh, from the Star Destroyer. Maybe so. Um, it, very cool. Well, I'm guessing not this Star Destroyer. <laughs> I, well, I, don't, I mean, if this thing can contain a... You don't know what happened to it. It could be fine. Yeah, and I don't think we've even said, but since we're doing both episodes, we're doing spoilers for 12. If you hadn't watched it, go back and watch it before we get any further. Um, so, Rex, uh, so again, it's there's just a melancholy mood in general, even though it seems like things should be kind of positive. And Rex says to Ahsoka, is there something on your mind? And this is where we get to the line I was talking about earlier. She says, as a Jedi trained to be peacekeepers, or keepers of the peace, um, but all I've been... Her whole time as a Padawan is a soldier. And we talked about this in one of the other episodes. The uh, the Padawans growing up in this era, they really don't know peace. Kenobi's of an age where he, he knows peace as a young man, but most of his older years is, is war. Um, Anakin's right in the middle where, you know, war comes very early for him. Um, but he's still, you know, kind of grown up. Um, and then you he's got, gone like... Through, he's gone through almost all of his... No. I would say he's gone through all of his Padawan yeah during peace years as uh, yeah during peace 
Um, and they never know peace. You know, they're peacekeepers by going out and shutting things down. Right. They're, they know aggressive peace. negotiations, but... They know still. peace the way cops know peace. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, the, yeah, they, they maintain peace. Um, but it's not war. Um, having to go stop a bad guy, you know, from doing something bad is very different than, you know, leading troops into battle um, and destroying entire planets in the, in the aftermath. Um, so she makes this uh, comment. Rex says something that they played in the trailer. Uh, it's a really powerful uh, speech he gives. Um, I've known no other way. We clones have mixed feelings on the war. If it weren't for the war, we wouldn't exist. Um, and so Ahsoka says, well, then some good has come of this. And she says this line that, again, my daughter was almost, like, crying. I won't admit to such things. The Republic, this is what she says, the Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, or I, a better friend. Better friend. And at this point, she salutes him. In the military, for someone of a higher rank to salute you, this is a very huge, you know, honor. Um, it's, a, it's a huge compliment. Uh, they're basically showing that your service has been above and beyond. Um, so it's very powerful. Um, speaking of, uh, got some, a military joke for, about Ahsoka being citizen. The, the old joke is when you leave the military, you get promoted to mister. <laughs> so <laughs> I got promoted to mister. So I don't have to salute anyone. Um, she got promoted to miss, I guess, Miss Tano. Um, so she says this really powerful line. I couldn't have asked for a better friend. And it is powerful. I mean, my mind races back to the first time they meet, and she makes him laugh by calling uh, Anakin Sky Guy, and Rex laughs and then quickly tries to cover it up. And yep. then right off the bat, he, he becomes her mentor. Um, so Anakin is her mentor in all things Force-related, but Rex is more of her mentor when it comes to like troop leadership and battlefield tactics. Um but they, they grow very, very close. That's that, that brotherhood or family of, of the military. Um, and then uh, one of the clone officers walks up and says, uh, we have the latest briefing. And Ahsoka says, you go to Rex. I'm sure it is more good news. And cut to Maul. This is, and, and did you know it at this point? Oh, were yeah. You, were you, yeah. Um, which is interesting because you would think, you know, oh, he must have, you know, destroyed Grievous. Um, but that's almost so, simultaneous. Right. So I wonder about Ahsoka um, not going along because at first I was like, well, wait a minute. Why would she not? Why would she not go and, and hear the news of, of what's going on in the war? Maybe she didn't want to be dismissed as a citizen again. Well, and this is her this is her still being torn about about her part in the galaxy right now, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this, and and they may not have even thought this far into it. Like this could have been a, she says no, so she didn't hear the order, right? Like, and and the writers could have just stopped it there. You know, she can't be there. Yeah. For the initial statement of it. True. Um. So. That was a. Um, that was a possibility, but I I think that you know looking deeper into it, I think the reason would be. That's great. The war's ending. I still need to to think and contemplate on my time right. as a. You know, as a as a Jedi or not. Yeah, it it um, makes sense with all her hesitations that we've seen as far as what her future is, that right. she's like and she so has she's, to think. Exactly, and she stopped at this point, and disappeared into the Force. But we go to Maul first, right? Oh my gosh, we do. 
So Maul's Wait. still in... Yeah. Uh, and then they cut back and forth between Maul and Ahsoka at this point. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, they show Maul, and he hears Sidious. And he hears the conversation of Sidious talking to Mace as they're fighting, and he hears Anakin. And it's straight out of Revenge of the Sith. And, yep. uh, yeah, you hear Sidious with the unlimited power. And um, Anakin, uh, then they switch to Ahsoka, and she's hearing the same thing. And you hear Anakin say, what have I done? And that's kind of where it cuts off. And then they just show the Emperor now say, execute Order 66 uh, to Rex. So question. And Rex says, yes, Lord Sidious. What's your question? So before that, when she's hearing them, um, remind me to talk about the Mandalorian at the very end of our episode too, because I have a question for you. Uh, okay. When she's, um, you won't remember that. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> when she's hearing them, um, I, I was wondering because I was sitting there thinking, how much is she truly hearing? Because there's, there's still this this overwhelming what can the Jedi see versus not see? And while I agree that, that Ahsoka is among the more powerful of the Jedi and that she's clearly separated her, her not even her lack of attachment, but she's, she's separated herself from the, the specifics of the Jedi Order. Um, but the, the ability to, to reach out in the Force and see these things going on while the Emperor is still working his hardest to stop them. So I, I was wondering one of two things. Oh. Either Maul is sort of projecting what he's hearing happening, what he's, oh, he's been able to point. go through on the dark side and hear, and if he's actually projecting that to her. I think you might be onto something there. Um, the counter to that is, while I do think that I, I don't know. I'm still kind of torn on the on the battle between between Mace and Sidious. You know, we still don't know. Did Sidious just full out let him win? Right. In order to get in order yeah, to get Anakin, Anakin um, which is which is debatable. Like I think there's a lot to that, but I also don't think that Sidious would have gone. I need Darth Vader. I need Anakin to be Darth Vader, and if I don't have him, I might as well die. So like, I don't think he was gonna let him win full out. So that's why I think there's. That's a whole other conversation. Maybe but, Mace was winning genuinely, right? So we we don't know, right? Um, but if he was, if Mace was winning genuinely, then that means that Sidious is focusing his force energy there, and all of a sudden things become more perceptible, um, like Yoda seeing and feeling all of the Jedi die throughout the galaxy, and Ahsoka being privy to this conversation. Yeah. Um, could also be a weakening of the focus of Palpatine. I kind of lean towards the Chancellor's letting him win, and Mace knows this, and that's why he's saying, Anakin, I need your help. Right, I, and I lean that way as well, but yeah. I'm just saying, it's there's only so far he can allow it to go. I don't think he would full-on let him win. Yeah, that's That's the part that gets me, is I don't think he would just be like, well, I don't have Anakin, we might as well just end all the stuff I've done for all my life. Right. You know. That's a good that's a that's a good thought point on Star Wars in general. Um, I like the force. I like Star Wars. But we see Rex receive 
execute order 66 and it's at this point that ahsoka enters uh and she's she's talking she says rex it's anakin i feel like something terrible has happened and rex just drops his helmet rex fights this this is fascinating um oh, he yeah, he's shaking first yeah he's shaking before like he's shaking with the helmet and then he lets it go and um well he says no i won't do it and then he says find him find fives and then he starts to try to kill her well, like first he says first he tell he tells them he says no i'll do it not i won't do you're it you're right says, i'm no. sorry you're right yeah he tells the other clones to stop them from shooting her yeah lower the lower your weapons i'll do it um and you know i was i'm it, that even that makes me wonder. That line right there makes me wonder. No, I'll do it. That makes me wonder. Is is he still fighting it and trying to save time? Because um, I feel like that's a lot of thought. So when I saw that, my actual instinct is that he is being the commander that he is. Not me. I think he's he's fighting it and he's trying to buy time. So it's it's so hard. You know. If he's already sort of resisting this chip, the amount of, uh, I hate to say willpower, but I, I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Because they their willpower has been stripped from them. You know, they are programmed to be what they are. Right. Um, so there's just that, that little bit. So I just didn't know back and forth. It was like, but I, I do kind of agree, because in every other scene where a Jedi was shot down, it was all of them, all at once. The, yep. the clones that were there all went, and he said, no, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Um, which we get to in episode 12 with, which I, I've, with Jesse. Well, yes. Uh, and I've speculated in the past that maybe she's an exception because she's not a Jedi. Maybe that's what that, that weird exception is what allows him to resist initially. But then he says by name. Uh, we have to kill Ahsoka Tano. Um, the music here is from Revenge of the Sith. Um, it, it's awesome. Uh, the scene is crazy because uh, he does open fire on her. She pushes him against the table. Um, and they begin this fight. So she's, just, she's fighting completely defensively. She's deflecting their bolts, but she's not hitting anyone. Okay, wait, wait on the wait on the fight for a second. We gotta okay. we gotta stay on. We have to stay on this on this uh, order sixty six thing for a second. Go. So when he mentions her by name, because this is what I've been thinking about the entire weekend. Yay. Was her not being because we talked about that? Like she's not a Jedi. Yeah. Um. And and I know I'll jump a little bit ahead, and then I'm gonna come back to this for a second, because when they jump ahead in a few minutes, he's gonna say, "Go execute Maul." Yes. He says them in the same sentence. So yes. Tano and Maul. So, at this point, it makes me wonder what they view the, the Jedi as. Um, and the way he was given Order 66. So we know that the, the Palpatine reached out specifically to some Jedi. And I really wish we'd seen more of this interaction between them. Because I want to know... If Palpatine himself had been made aware yet that Maul was captured and on his way with Ahsoka? Oh, that's a great question. If if Palpatine actually said these are to be eliminated, um, 
Yeah, I it's was, all happening so fast. I'm curious about that too. Why Maul is included in this order? Right. So if if Palpatine knew, and Maul at this point had failed, and fallen to, as far as Palpatine's concerned, fallen to a Padawan, then Maul needs to be executed. And yeah. Maul is is potentially a Sith who's running around doing stuff and failing at it, and he's got Vader now. Yeah, Maul needs to be executed. So it would make sense for Palpatine to specifically state, execute these two. The other option, when they say execute Order 66, and it's an order for all um, clones to, to hunt down and kill the Jedi, is that the Jedi are, are viewed as Force users. In other words, in the way the Order is commanded and received, if someone is connected to and able to use the Force, then they are kind of labeled a Jedi. Yeah. It would be like, I mean, and it would make sense. Like, if someone in the galaxy, like, reached out for something. So, like, like a, what about the witches like, like of Dathomir? Right, well, if they, the witches of Dathomir would be considered or the, the uh, monks, part of Order 66, as far as I know. The monks we see in Rogue One. We don't actually see them use the Force. Uh, I and the Force are one, something like that. I mean, they say it, I am with the Force and the Force is with me. Which is in this? But anyway. Yeah. Um, but imagine this. Imagine you're you're at a friend's house, right? Yeah. And they and they jokingly reach across the table and they pull a piece of fruit off of your plate, and it just it just floats to their hand. Oh no! And then they cut it up for you, and then oh, they force no. float it back. No. So my point is, sand throughout the galaxy. If somebody did that, the people Hell around them would immediately think they'd go, "Oh, a Jedi." Jedi. Like, I feel like that would be their initial thought, would be, oh, a Jedi. Oh, a Jedi. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, witch. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that would be their first thought, would be, oh, it's a Jedi. You're a Jedi. I didn't know you were a Jedi. Um, they wouldn't go, oh, you're a Force user. So I just wonder, that's what I'm trying to figure out, is if Sidious yeah. knew, Kill if Sidious actually users. had an understanding. And here's another problem with it. Except somehow Anakin. Um... Oh, I bet Sidious does know. So we don't see the conversation, but Anakin saves Sidious, right? Uh, does he? Anakin, Anakin and Obi-Wan leave. So you mean from Mace? From, no, 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 from Grievous. So we're going back a little bit. Oh, okay. Anakin and Obi-Wan leave Ahsoka to take part of the 501st. Yeah? Anakin and Obi-Wan go back to Coruscant and rescue the Chancellor from Grievous's ship. Yeah? It is entirely possible during that conversation that Anakin reveals to him because he trusts the Chancellor and needs to confide in someone that he found Ahsoka, that Ahsoka came back, and that she was going after Maul. That's, yeah, yeah, that works. There are times where I feel like... And then for me, Rex was one of the people that he specifically reached out to to state... Ahsoka and Maul are to be destroyed. Well, it also makes sense to me that it's the when they capture Maul that maybe they communicate that to the Chancellor as well, like in those last few moments before they decide to confront him. During everything else, yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to the episode, though. Um, Fine. <laughs> um, so it's significant that Rex is able to say, Fine, fives. Before um, before everything breaks loose, um, 
So she manages to escape by cutting a hole in the ceiling and, and she didn't flies cut out. a hole in the ceiling. No. Did you catch that? I, I was confused by that because it's all uh, molten. Watch it again. Not her lightsaber does not touch that ceiling. So she deflects every one of those shots straight up in a circle. Oh, that's super sweet. That's even better. It's the, yeah, because the, you said it already uh, before I so rudely cut you off. She hmm. was she was fighting very defensively. Yeah. And all of that defensive was not going back toward them. Not only was it... Like, every single thing she does in these two episodes is, is like I said, masterful. She deflects those shots straight up and just ends up blowing that hole. Um, and when she jumped, she must have jumped up and and kind of taken part of that ceiling with her. Because, like, nothing fell. Yeah, true. So that's why they thought she was down. And then, like, she's down. And she was not down. She was, in fact, up. Oh. Um, so, kind of Luke style, right? That looked like Luke. Like, there was enough smoke that it looked like Luke jumping out of uh, episode five. Yep. On uh, uh, Bespin. Out of the carbon freeze chamber, yeah. Yep. So, uh, Rex is rubbing his head, and one of the clones asks, are you all right? And he says, fine, just tired. And then that's when he says the line, go execute Maul and Ahsoka Tano. They're marked for execution under Order 66. Any soldier that doesn't comply is guilty of treason and should be executed as well. Um, important. Yes, yes, very important. So then comes uh, next. We got Ahsoka goes to uh, goes to the where they're holding them all, um, and the troopers, which we pointed out before, they they have to open the uh, container in order to kill him. He's still pretty much helpless. It looks like um, with the container lid open. Um, you notice these guys are they they got the red armor. Which, the only time we ever see clone troopers with red armor is, like, pretty much on Coruscant and a few other places. Because these guys are the ones that basically evolve into the Emperor's personal guard. Um, but there are a lot of these guys on this ship. Uh, as a matter of fact, there seems to be as many red troopers as there are, you know, 501st guys. Um, so I thought that was interesting that these two guys that come in there to shoot him are, are wearing the red. And... So she takes out these guys without uh, without killing them, um, and Ahsoka, you know, Maul's first thing he says is, "You survived." Very surprised because he knows what's going on, and so Ahsoka, right off the bat, she's like, "Is this your doing?" And he says, "No, but you must have heard the voices crying out, the deaths." And then he says, "This is brilliant. I was not privy to my master's plans." Uh, he turned the Jedi's own army against them. He basically, again, Maul narrates the downfall of the Jedi. Well, is this where she says, is this where he says the plan? Is that yeah. the old episode? Uh, I think here he says the plan. The plan, the only plan that matters? Is this that? That was last episode. That was last episode, okay. Like, he got a gist, but he didn't know the scope of it, apparently. And he was, um, and I love, I love his shock to it. Like, I love that he's like, I finally understand what he's doing. Yeah, and he's, he's like, so and impressed. He's, I kept saying while I was watching this in episode 12, I was like, oh my gosh, Maul, Maul's amazing, Maul's amazing. Um, and my daughter's like, what is wrong with you? He's awful, he's evil, he's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but he's so good at it. Um, I love Maul in these, in these two episodes. Um, he, oh, he reminds me of the, uh, I can't remember his name, the main character that you play in the games Force Unleashed. Um, his power just gets more and more as the episode goes on. Um, so Maul begins this very kind of, uh, okay, after just praising how awesome he is, 
this kind of stupid line, only together, you know, can we escape with my leadership, and Ahsoka cuts him off with one of her best lines ever. <laughs> I'm not here to team up with you. I need a diversion, and you're it. Now go cause some chaos. It's what you're good at. <laughs> I thought that was so awesome. I'm not here to team oh, up yeah. with you. Go cause chaos. And he says, care to give me a fighting chance. And she says, I'm not rooting for you. Now get going. <laughs> and, and I love that line was great. She's yeah. basically like, I'm, I'm honestly hoping that the clones kill you. <laughs> right? like, I just need the time. Be... Yeah. Right. Oh, that was such a great line. All of that, that whole conversation. She's like such an adult at this point. Because a lot of times Ahsoka comes across as a, you know, a young teen or, you know, a teenager. But she, she's like, you know, she's fully come into her own at this moment. Um, she's got her own plans. She is her own leader. Um, I'm not here to team up with you. I need a diversion. You're it. Um, I'm not rooting for you. Get going. Um, so Rex orders... <laughs> he just does. I yeah. like that he just does. He's like, well, I, you know, whatever. All right, fine. Uh, he's unarmed. He's facing an opponent that, you know, has fought him to a standstill and technically beat him. Um, so what's he going to do? Uh, Rex is now in charge, and he orders uh, destroy the escape pods and um, send more troops to guard the shuttle bays, because they know that Ahsoka's escaped, and he quickly finds out that Maul's escaped. Um, and Ahsoka goes and gets some unlikely help here. And I thought this was really cool, although in the end it's a little heartbreaking. She gets all the uh, the R droids, the astro uh, astromechs as they're called, the R two yeah. type units. Um, and yep, they R7, seem... GG8, and uh, GG, I think it was 8, and then I don't remember the other one. Oh, he had a weird name. Um, oh, I wish I could remember. I meant to write it down, and then I was like, yeah, I'll remember, and I didn't. She um, kept saying R7, and then GG. In this last episode, she mentioned the other one a few times, but... Yeah, his name was... Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, what's interesting is when she wakes him up, they seem to know what's going on. Because even with the subtitles on, they don't say what the Mechdroids are saying to each other. But she's like, yeah, I don't know why they're acting that way. So they seem to know what's going on. And uh, she says, you know, she uses R7 to access the files on CT5555, which better known to us as Fives, which is a callback to an earlier episode where one of the uh, clone troops, for those of you who don't remember, um, Fives specifically, his inhibitor chip, which is what... <laughs> makes the clone troopers execute order 66 his goes off early it malfunctions and in the middle of a battle he kills a jedi and rex hey wait a second yeah r7 a7's first mission this is from wikipedia yeah was serving in the battle of ryloth as co-pilot of ahsoka tano's jedi starfighter oh wow so when she ran and said r7 that's the one that was running with her she had a history with this guy and the droid was present when she disobeyed orders to retreat after Separatist reinforcements arrived and lost most of her squadron. I remember that. That Yeah. So R7 was there. R7 was her droid, apparently. And uh, this goes back to kind of what we talked about before, who was her master, Anakin. Yeah. And he, he had that connection to R2 that he allowed to stay. Yeah. Um, and I'd be willing to bet that that she did much of the same. Funny. I don't recall owning a droid. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so she pulls up the file. Um, so it references that uh, episode I was talking about, about how the clone trooper was taken to Kamino to undergo study. Why did he kill a Jedi? And then um, 
the clone trooper who filed a grievance because they decided to, you know, basically, you know, cover up this whole thing. Um, and a clone trooper, CT7567, uh, files a grievance about this, and his grievance is sealed. And, of course, we know that 7567 is Rex. And um, Ahsoka uses Anakin's password to actually open up uh, Rex's uh, grievance, and it's where he says it's a possibility that the inhibitor chips have a purpose that we are as yet unaware of. So Rex had tried to blow the whistle on you know, the possibility of Order 66 uh, before this, and it had been buried by the Kaminoans and, uh, and the Chancellor. So that's, that's interesting. Then we, do you have anything to say about that scene? Because then we get to something so awesome. No, no, go ahead. Maul. Maul yeah. oh, making this, his way yes, down. Oh my gosh, making his way down that corridor without weapons. So he is just pure force wielding. And so he's at pulling. At oh, What you got? Yeah, we are, we are, Filoni was like, all right, we've only got two episodes left. What is one of the most prized scenes in all of Star Wars. Yeah, Darth Vader and Rogue right? One. And it's it's that Rogue One scene. Yes, right? Outside very of the reminiscent. Nine, but it, it's that scene. Yep. And he's like, all right, we got this. <laughs> right? Like, yep. Like, Just I waiting feel like he's through. Had to pull from that and go. And I don't know that he, you know, I don't know that he one upped it. I don't know that it's better. Um, I think it's, it's better when he gets in episode 12 when he gets to the hyperdrive. Oh, that was that was really fun too. But this, well, I don't know if it's still better than that one. I would say is is maybe better. It's it's amazing to me. The only thing that makes the than, Darth Vader one better is that it's film as opposed to animation. It's film and po- as opposed to animation, and it's and it's Vader that we needed. That's what I'm saying. And we like, do I don't love Vader. It, yeah. I don't know that it stands out above Vader. Oh, like, yeah, that's overall, true. It's not as iconic. But, um, but yeah, this was this was incredible. So he is walking down this hall, so violent. Um, using these, can we can we jump ahead? Can we do both of these scenes together? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, I feel um, like we need to talk he, about the hyperdrive scene he, and the. He's, he's pulling walls, you know, panels off the wall and using them to, as a shield and yeah. just. He just cuts the market. dude in half with one. He no two of their heads with one. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, he he knocked off two of their helmets for our younger listeners. Yes, he knocked two of their helmets right off <laughs> yeah. with a, a plate from the wall. But then put dude into the wall with it right in his midsection. Yeah, and then they they're like close the blast doors, um, and he force pulls dude partially through the blast door because he needs his communicator. Yes, and at first I was like, this is kind of a jerk move, like. Like you could have pulled more than that through. Yeah, you just <laughs> you wanted to, but so, he didn't. He's, no. he's really causing mayhem, and now he's got a communicator. It was awesome. Yeah. So the uh, the if you don't get what we're saying, the blaster cuts dude's arm off, and uh, the communicator is on his right forearm. And Maul, and later for so from then on out, we see him with uh, clone trooper, you know, uh, forearm armor on his right arm, um, so he can listen in on their conversations as they're they're tracking. Um, so that was just awesome. Maul is unstoppable. Um, yeah. So then Ahsoka, we get back to Ahsoka, and she's planning with the R units, and she basically comes up with a way to trap Rex. Um, 
and this I can I'm gonna kind of fly through. Rex is you know he's he gets trapped by these droids and blast doors, and he he points a gun at the droid. He's where is Ahsoka? And she's like, I'm right behind you. And when he turns around, the droid uh, uh, zaps him and stuns him, and she takes him to the medical bay. Um, and at this point, you, you, you skipped her speech too. What what speech? Her hologram speech. I didn't think it was significant. What was it that she's you like, found she, I mean, she tells... Like, well, she says, she, I know you're not responsible for this. It's not your fault. It's okay. She's just... She's initially... I, I think it is because of the, the friendship and the wisdom of Ahsoka. Like, she's, she's reaching out to him. She's not wasting time. She's there already. Um, but I think it's just her, like, starting to reach out to him. She has to initially do it. She has to initially do it through the hologram so that he doesn't just take fire on her without her being able to say anything. Like, it's one of those, he's going through this experience, and I have to reach him. If he never, ever hears any words that I say, then I'll never, ever reach him. So she's just, that, that hologram speech was a way for her to reach, just a, just a small reach out. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. It's that, not your fault. That's it's true. A, okay, we're going to fix it. You know, like, it's just, it, I, it, it held its part. I guess I saw it as a little bit kind of not important because at this point he is operating under the inhibitor chip and it can't really affect him much. But maybe it can't it, affect him much. But that's I think that's her. Well, and obviously it can affect him some because fives did. That's true. So she takes him to the medical uh, bay. Um, the our units are basically they got her back. They're closing the doors as they move. Um, and she gets him in there, and at first they can't find the chip. And this is where Which she I used... I also thought was awesome. I did, too. The, um, I mean, the path. The path to the medical bay was cool. Uh, like, just clearing, like, closing the doors to get them there. Yeah. Yeah, it was well done. Um, but what I was going to say, what I thought was awesome, is that when they scan him, they can't find it. Because these guys have been in battle for several years at this point, and if a standard scan shows up this chip, it would have been discovered a long time before. Um, so I, I thought that was a good detail that like their technology on their ships can't really find these things until she does the I am one with the force and the force is with me, which is the only time we see that line used by a Jedi rather than one of the, you know, the, the monks in Rogue the One. The guardians of the wills, yeah. Yeah. And so. so what I'm thinking happened here is now that she knows the inhibitor, I think the inhibitor chip could probably be scanned any time it was active. Well, they didn't if find they it at first. Well, if they weren't actively being inhibited from something, in other words, the clones in general are are following orders. Oh. And they were raised that way, not just bred that way and not just programmed that way, like through a chip, but programmed that way through their raising. So as a general rule, they're going to follow orders. I bet if they were being scanned during the Krell episode... When they turned on Krell, yeah, I bet a scanning during that, because they were acting out against their inhibitor chip, yeah, I'd be willing to bet that they would see it there. Huh. I'm thinking that when it's active, I think that's what she did. She's she during Order sixty six. She's saying we are part of the force. We are part of the force. We are part of the force. Oh, and, you know, triggering that Jedi. response. And so the inhibitor chip was like, oh no, Jedi, kill it. Interesting. And then it became active, and that's when the scan found it. You may be right. That's interesting. Well, she does find the chip. They're able to remove it. The whole time, the droid is fighting with the uh, clone tech to keep about, you know, they're trying to open the door. He's 
trying to, the droid's trying to keep it closed. And um, then, of course, they open it, and she's, you know, again, defensively fighting, but it looks like our hero is doomed, and Rex comes out of the med bay, and he pulls his weapons, and he immediately kills some of the clones, and they're able to yep. close the door again. Um, and Ahsoka turns around, and she asks how he is, and he says, yeah, kid, I'm okay. And that use of the word kid is, again, very endearing, and it's it a callback to, like, their first meeting. Um, well, and it tells him that, it tells her that he's, he's there with her. Yes. And now we're going to end the episode with her asking the question, how widespread is this? And he says, Ahsoka, it's all of us. And there's a couple of things about that that's awesome. First of all, that's terrifying. It's, it's their entire yeah. army. Second, he uses her name, um, which is an old leadership thing. You use a name when you want to really draw someone. So if I'm like, Tim, you have to listen to what I'm saying, that's much more powerful than just saying, you have to listen to what I'm saying. Hey, so, listen, yeah. Yep, so when he says Ahsoka, it's all of us. It, just awesome. End episode 11. And again, back to the... entire Grand Army of the Republic has been ordered to hunt down... And kill the, the Jedi. Yes. End episode 11. And now, of course, it, it does the silent credits again. And now on to the final episode of the series. Episode 12. Um, victory and death. Wow. And it opens up in the moment. Right? Like, we are right there. It is. But, but they, they actually have this music during the opening. So again, we do the Lucasfilm in green, um, the title in red. It says Chapter 4, which I thought was interesting. That they, they Again, they clearly make the story arc as a singular kind of story. Um, and it's got this very dark choral music going on that is just really beautiful. And oh, yeah. then you're right. It, starts, it shows the Star Destroyer in hyperspace, and then it goes to them in the medical bay. And that's where she tells uh, Rex to set set his uh, blaster to stun. Um, and he has some hesitation about this because he's like, well, they're not, they're not trying to stun us. They're not going to try to stun you. But then we go to Maul. <laughs> um, Maul's not trying to stun them. No. Maul has his communicator, um, and we hear on the communicator that the... Uh, the clones don't know if Rex has been compromised or not. They clearly say his uh, status is unknown, which is going to be important later in the episode. But, oh my gosh, Maul is just destroying these guys without a lightsaber. He, so he goes into the hyperspace, uh, the hyperdrive room, and it's just like, like we, we just discussed a few minutes ago. I think this stands up there with, uh, with Vader in Rogue One. Um, he is just destroying these guys. Um, I, I oh, when he when he takes over and turns the guy's blaster toward the yes. other two that are like across the like they're way out there. Yeah, turns it toward them and shoots them. But the one guy was was direct center center mark man. Like yeah, he got the one guy forehead. Like it was it was wild. It was beautiful. Yeah, he's so he's making the clone troopers shoot the other clone troopers. The scene where he uh, he forces the uh, the console up and uses it to knock guys out. Then he picks up a helmet, uses yes. it to deflect a laser bolt, and then uses it as a projectile. Um, it and the, knocks the guy and then rips the console. There's one guy. The officer is just laying there. He just swipes him out of the way. Yeah, like 
And these, so much detail. And this is all on a big catwalk, so like when these guys fall, they fall, you know, it's it's death. And yeah, and then you got this two gigantic, you know, I don't know, they're the hyperdrive system, but they're these two gigantic stalactite looking things, metal stalactite looking things. And he does, and this is what reminds me of the Force Unleashed when you see the guy pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky and crash it into a planet. That's what this reminds me of. Or you also in that same game, you see him crush an uh, ATST just using the Force. He just, you know, crumples it into a little ball uh, using the Force. Uh, we see it in. We don't see it, but if if your if your mind is mind is working right, it's in uh, Lords of the Sith. Vader does that to a ship. Oh on yeah. Ryloth. Yeah. Uh, this this sort of power of the Force. The only time I remember seeing it in the movies, even vaguely, is uh, well, it's in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if I want to talk about that. Do I want to mention that? Well, I'm um, gonna say it's this. In Rise much. of Skywalker, go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. I'll say this much: when when Ray Holt is able to hold a ship. Um, that that sort of use of power of the force, we don't usually see it at that scale. Um, but he pulls those two gigantic metal hyperdrive systems down, and uh, it's just so cool. Um, oh my gosh. And so he destroys the hyperdrive. You see the clones on the uh, bridge of the ship, you know, hey, the hyperdrive's going offline. He's like, well, can you stop it? And he's like, no, it, basically it's gone. And this is some of the best animation ever. Um, when they showed that ship drop out of uh, hyperdrive, in hyperspace rather, and you know it's smoking and parts of it are falling apart and like blowing up, that is one of the coolest animation scenes I've ever seen. And I, I got all excited and was geeking out over it. And I'm like, that is so cool. And my daughter's like, Ahsoka's on that ship. Like she was an emotional <laughs> wreck watching this this episode. I'm like geeking so was, out over how cool Maul is, and she's like, "But he's a bad guy." I'm like, "Yeah, but he's such a good bad but he's guy." Maul. So, <laughs> so the ship coming out of hyperspace. Yeah, this to me, and and I keep calling back to other movies and other things. This to me was, and and I like to think that that they're you know putting other people's faces. And I know they're they're not. Um, and our listeners may or may not know this. I'm not a huge fan of of the Last Jedi. I will watch it. And I will, and I will honestly, I will enjoy it. And it's I will my enjoy favorite it it's, of the movies. Well, that's fine. You can, you can have it. I um, am kidding. It's all yours. No, but I, you know, there are. It does. It does. I was going to say it continues the story. It doesn't continue the story. Um, no. It is. It is part of the the main saga. It's in there. Anyway, but one of the one of the most beautiful scenes, as much of it, as much as it was an issue. I know what you're going to say. Was when. When she did the hyperspace yes. to destroy the other ships, visually and, and audio, incredible. It was incredible. Now, I, I got to tell you, even though it was animated, Filoni almost one upped him on this one. Yeah, like came out this animated scene of this ship coming out of hyperspace, looking the way that it did. It drew all of the emotion that you needed. Like it was so well done. Yes. And it and it made sense. Yes. <laughs> like so, it just it just fit, and it was so good, and it made me think about that, and I'm like, oh, this is like like it gave me that that sense of that same scene in the Last Jedi, but without all of the. Wait, why? <laughs> you know, like it was just there. It was perfect. It yeah. was wonderful. Uh, so we're out of the ship. Um, but yeah, everything's coming down. They're they're trying to find things. I was a little. Um, so in a few minutes they go looking for a shuttle, and they can only find one. 
And in the earlier communique, they had said, lock down the, the bays and destroy all escape pods. Right. Um, which initially I thought was a little bit odd because if they destroy the escape pods, like they couldn't take an escape pod while they were in hyperspace anyway. Mm. Like that's not going to work. Like if you detach from a ship in an escape pod while the ship is in hyperspace. We saw that in Rebels. But they were they pointed out that it was very dangerous and no one had done it. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, the the Phantom did that. Um, but they, again, they point out, hey, this this can't be done. No one's done this before, and they try it and they survive. Oh, okay. All right, I don't remember that. Yep. Well, good. And that was a shout out to to himself. <laughs> <laughs> and his writing in Rebels, I guess. Um, okay. Well, good. I I'd forgotten about that. So yeah. So I was a little confused that there was only one shuttle anywhere. I I have a counter to that. I think when. The point is, they were only able to open a couple of the doors, like three of the the main doors, and I think she meant behind, of those three doors, there was only one shuttle. Yeah, but when they open up the other doors, there's no shuttles anywhere else either. I don't think they're able to open the door. At least, I mean, I watched it. when they do, when 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 the clones do. I don't know. That wouldn't, you're right, that wouldn't make sense, because it's not even the shuttle they brought Maul on board with. Um... But, now, I know there are, there are other hangars, of course. Yeah. But you would think the main hangar has more than one shuttle. I, I don't know. That that part was just a little bit strange to me, that there was only this one shuttle available and around. I'm like, you guys can go... I mean, if Maul leaves, you go open force open another door and... You know. Yeah. I, I know they had to act quick, because now they're, they were... You know, Maul was successful, and they start to crash down onto a planet, so... Yeah, they get caught in the moon's gravity, which actually brings us back to the episode. So Rex and Ahsoka make it to the kind of control room for the the, the bay. And uh, I love Rex as if they weren't trying to kill us, I'd be proud because <laughs> they've locked everything down so tight. And yeah. um, so they get their R7 to access the computer and they find out they're caught in the moon's gravitational field. And because Rex had ordered the destruction of the uh, or the jettison of the, the escape pods, this is a doomed ship. It's kind of it's it's kind of awesome in that way, um, the the way this comes together. Um, so they they're they're able to get some of the doors open, like I said, and they get there's so there's the one shuttle there, and the clones come out, and it's it's kind yes. of an ambush or, or basically the thing is Rex had ordered them to do this before. He said destroy the um, or jettison the escape pods and then go secure the shuttle bay. So this was actually Rex who had ordered this, but now the troops are being led by an old familiar and favorite, an art trooper by the name of Jesse. Yes. And who's, that, who's a captain now, right? I think so. I think he is the captain. I think he was promoted during Rex's promotion. I think you're right, yeah, now that you say that. But um, um, when they showed that emblem on his helmet, my, my heart just kind of, oh my gosh, it's Jesse. Uh, oh, and it wasn't just that. Before that... Hey, Jesse. Okay. Hey, Jesse. So, so two things, because if you if you talk about the next part in the episode, then it's going to take this one away. Um, when I rewatched this episode... Yeah. The the point where I, I lost it, you know, not not cried, because... We don't do that. Because I'm, yeah, I'm a grown man. I, but the, the point where I was like, oh, no. It was the second watch. It didn't even... It did not even hit me during the first watch. Oh, this was actually the episode 11, first watch. Okay. I forgot to even say it, but it's, it's still true here, just the same as it was there. Say it. Um, 
you know, a good portion of these troops that are that are actively trying to kill Ahsoka, yeah, still have their ma- her helmets painted. Yep. Uh, yep. As Ahsoka. Yep. And I was just like, like the first time that it actually like popped, where I like saw one of the soldiers with his helmet painted as Ahsoka firing on her, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, like the way this ends. The, yeah. So now. And now we're here. Where they're they're standing in the bay. The bay doors are open. So in my mind, this is where I went right away. I went kind of where Rex goes, and and well, and not he didn't say this specifically, but this is where I went. I was like, oh man, this is going to be horrible. Like they're going to depressurize this bay. Yeah. And just send them all off into space. Yeah. Like that was my first thought. Now there are two problems with that. One is that I imagine if you depressurize that large like that main hangar bay on one of these ships that that would probably do some damage to the ship uh, who knows you know what i mean like there's yeah. so much it's such a huge bay it's not like a small area yeah um so i imagine that wouldn't be good but the other one is what we come up to now so now we have rex and ahsoka talking about the soldiers yes and um ahsoka says i don't want to hurt them and rex says they don't care he says, my brothers are willing to take uh, take them with you because the ship is going to crash. And he takes his helmet off, and he's crying. And uh, my daughter melted at that point. And, of course, not me. I'm, I'm a stoic, so I'm just like, yes, be sad, your brothers. <laughs> it was powerful because um, he says, uh, you know, my brothers are willing to take you, take themselves with you. They're willing to die to kill you. Um, and Ahsoka says, I'm not the one who's going to kill them. Uh, so this is this is crazy. So then she says, but I've got a plan. we got a plan, the old fake prisoner plan, Tim. Yeah. And this is where it goes back to they're, they're not sure about Rex's status at this point, and we know that because of Maul's communicator. So Shout out to episode four. Shout out to episode four. Um, Chewie, I think I know where he's going with this. Uh, so is that what you mean? Ahsoka Tano is Rex's prisoner, and Rex brings her in front of them and gives the argument that I've been kind of giving. <laughs> He's like, uh, technically Ahsoka's not a Jedi, so... Yes, that's what I'm saying. We may not be, you know, if we kill... He even says if we kill her, we might be the traitors. I thought that was an interesting line. I like that he added that in. Yeah, I did too. And, of course, Ahsoka's like, you know... By time, by time, because she's got a, a plan going on in the background. Um, so he's not really thinking necessarily that he's going to win this argument so much as just keep Jesse from shooting them. And um, I love Jesse's reasoning. Well, first, I love that Jesse says, Kill her now or I'll kill you both, basically. Yes. Right? Yep, when they walk out. And like, it's uh, such a good. They did a really good job, even though we know who Jesse is, they did a really good job of saying. We're, we're programmed for Order 66. Like, they didn't... Yes. You know, we couldn't have all these different clones all going, oh, I don't know. You know, like, it was... We had that with Rex because of Fives, but that was it. Yeah. Well, the talking doesn't, you know, it doesn't last long before Jesse find, you know, finally is, is kind of enough of this. He says, uh, Rex, you're a traitor to the Republic. <laughs> he says, you're going to be demoted and executed. And Rex's response is very Han Solo, I thought. <laughs> he said, I didn't much like being a commander anyway. 
Like, yep. <laughs> I love that he's about to, like, engage in battle. And he's like, ah, I didn't really like being a commander anyway. Um, and then Ahsoka springs her own trap, which is to say she opens the maintenance bay doors and most of the clone troopers, you know, fall into this. Um, yep. So, therefore, you know, the odds are brought down not anywhere close to even, but much better. And a battle begins. And Rex is using his stun, and, um, you know, Ahsoka's just deflecting blasts. So, again, they're fighting very defensively, and they're trying to make their way to this one shuttle, but an obstacle arises in the way of a person named Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> you notice how they... Well, huh. I, I guess they never say Darth anyway, except for... Yeah, they just call him Maul. I, don't think, I think Palpatine's the only one that says Darth anything, isn't he? Isn't Palpatine the only one that says the word Darth in... In episode four, they call Vader Darth Vader. Well, yeah, in episode four. Yeah. Um, but episode three, he calls him Darth Vader. He says, you'll be Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, does he call him Darth Maul when he tells, in episode one, that I'll be sending his apprentice? You know, I don't know. I have never thought about that before. I'm trying to think of how often, but even still, that would just be Sidious saying it. Because huh. when even when Yoda approaches Sidious in Episode Three, I think he says, "Lord Sidious." That's a and I don't know. That's an interesting. And your question. your favorite Mace Windu. Oh, he oh, says Sith it's over. My, he says, "My Lord," right? That's what he says to. That's what he says to Sidious. He calls him "My Lord." That's true. A Sith Lord. <laughs> anyway. So Maul is running for the shuttle at the same time, and Ahsoka is chasing him, and he turns around and he says, you wanted chaos, <laughs> and basically force pushes her out of the way, um, and he's able to get into the shuttle, and he takes off, and this is, again, where we, we see some pretty awesome force power exerted. Ahsoka stops the shuttle as it's taking off, and she's able to hold it for a while. And but this leaves Maul is basically, you know, I mean, excuse me, Rex is basically the only one fighting now, and he gets he gets hit in the shoulder. Um, it seems to be a glancing shot. It doesn't affect him too much, other than to show that he he can't do this for too long. Uh, you know, keep them protected by himself, and ultimately, it is cool though, uh, seeing Maul and Ahsoka have this battle of wills, and she's holding a shuttle in place. And then eventually she has to stop and, and help Rex. Um, so the shuttle gets away, and Maul has escaped. And then we see one of the coolest scenes, and Maul does escape. He actually jumps into hyperspace and is gone. One of the coolest uses of the Force right here is how Ahsoka gets Rex and her out of this little jam they're in. Did you see what she did? No. She oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. When she throws her saber straight down. Yes. And then, and then uses forces the, a... Yes. Uses oh the my force gosh, to cut a hole incredible. in the floor. So this was that moment. She does it again later on when the when the ship starts to fall or something happens crazy. Like, she is one of the few Jedi, and I think we talked about this last episode. She's one of the few Jedi who who uses her sabers as tools and not just weapons. Yes. Which I thought was really, really, really interesting because it's everything we've been saying about Ahsoka. Ahsoka is arguably the perfect Jedi. Yeah. You know, she uses her emotion but not her anger. And the thing is, I think that's a lot of it. Like, I think she's, she allows her emotion to drive her and that's why she's so strong. 
Um, and and so she uses her her sabers, but she uses them as tools. Yeah, they are like they are truly a part of her. Yeah, which I found to be interesting because the you know Obi Wan says it. Obi Wan says it to Anakin. This weapon is your life. Yes. And Ahsoka is one of the only ones that I see who's just like it was so yeah. Cool. This is this is all I have, and I'm going to use it. When right? I saw like, it, oh, my no, jaw falling. Yeah. And my, I need to hold on to something. I'll use my sabers. My jaw just dropped when she did that. When she just Same. reached her hands out and the sabers go into the floor like five feet from her, and she just spins in a circle. It was. It was uh, incredible. It was so cool. It was. It was so I, I was like, did and I, I did the just same thing. see that? Mine dropped. I I reached over and I like grabbed my kid's leg. I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah, I, I was like that with my daughter. I was like, "Did you just see it? That was so cool." Uh, so they dropped, but unfortunately, they dropped to the level where they had sent the other half of uh, Jesse's people, and uh, we see that they're. Uh, but this is a maintenance base, so most of these ships are out of action. But they find a Y wing that works, and they fight their way to it. But it's kind of suspended. Um, I didn't really understand that. Um, so they can't walk to it. So Ahsoka uses the force to push Rex to it. I don't think it was supposed to be suspended. I mean, I think it was being held, but but elsewhere. Like, I think there was a different walkway to it. Okay, that would make more sense. Um, yeah, you, just, you walked over to where it was being maintained, not to where but r- the, the cockpit is. Right before she does the force push with Rex, another extraordinarily sad scene happens. The dr- The clones get all the R units in one place. Well, they're still up at that same control panel, the two of them. Yeah. So I think the third one had already been... Oh, it's, it's just terrible, because then they blast them, and they just... they So they kill... You know, I guess you'd say kill. They destroy all the droids. I mean, they full-on executed them. Yeah. Like they, they took a lot of shots at these yeah. things. Um, which was a little bit of a bummer, because I wish in the future, when we found out you know, that, that Gregor and Wolf were also, um, you know, that somehow Rex had come across Gregor and Wolf. Yeah. I, I kind of wish it had been, like, R7. Like, we find out that it was R7 all along who who remembered how the chip was removed. Oh, yeah. And that's... helped. It would have been a cool, like... My yeah. guess is Rex, and I don't guess we'll ever get the story, but my guess is Rex comes across them, them not knowing that he had his chip removed or knowing about the chip necessarily, and, like, before they realize it, he convinces them to have this medical procedure done, maybe. Oh, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet it's different. I'd be willing to bet that the chip is still at least somewhat active. And Well, yeah, but they wouldn't know to kill him. he knocks out and does it. Yeah, my point is, like, if they saw him, just like Jesse didn't oh, know yeah. whether or not to kill Rex right away either. Right. So I don't know, but that's all speculation. But, um... So then we see the clones on the uh, bridge, and it's very reminiscent of when, in Revenge of the Sith, when uh, Grievous's ship with the Chancellor on it, you know, the very opening scene, it enters the atmosphere of Coruscant, everything starts burning up. And again, the animation here is fantastic. Um, you see the bridge burning up, and you see the, the clones in the bridge, they, they die. The ship's out of control, so everything starts shifting away. They say the, the lateral, uh, some whatever's the, what uh, they call in Star Trek the inertial dampeners, um, the things that you know give you an up and down when you're in outer space, basically go offline. So everything starts flying around. Um, that that's gone. Um, so this causes the Y wing basically to fall out of the star destroyer before Ahsoka is able to get on it. 
Yeah. And uh, you see the ship burning up and coming apart as it's uh, you know going into the atmosphere. Now, fortunately for Ahsoka, they're in atmosphere by the time she falls out of the ship. Right. Otherwise, she'd have been dead. Because <laughs> uh, they're in atmosphere, they're, cra- they're heading towards the planet's surface, the moon surface, and Rex is now piloting the Y-Wing, trying to keep up with the wreckage as it's falling. And here again, we see what you talked about. Ahsoka's using her lightsaber as a, basically a way to create handholds on different parts of the ship, and she's running along, and she gets hold of the ship, and she loses it, and she's falling, and... It's just a really cool scene of just how like acrobatic uh, Ahsoka is and how she uses the Force. Because she's basically able to ride the wreckage down until she can get close enough to jump and safely make it aboard the Y-Wing. Well, I, you skipped one part. The what did I skip? The fact that like, she jumped toward Rex. Yeah. And, and like big time missed. Yeah. And if it were if it were almost anyone else, it would have been completely forgivable of Rex to just fly away because that person is gone. But he flies back into the wreckage of the ship. Yeah. Because he knows it's Ahsoka. If anyone can survive, yeah. And she's okay. And so he goes after her and and then eventually, yeah. So she's, she does all her stuff and it's, it's, it's cool how she does all her, you know, you have to, you have to look at that. We can't describe that. Go watch that part again. Um, Yeah. But then she eventually makes it back into the Y-Wing and they land near the wreckage yeah so again this this animation is absolutely fantastic um and nice sound i know what that is anyway um so the star destroyer crashes um ahsoka makes it safely onto the uh the y-wing the star destroyer however is lost and it's lost with all hands um no other ships get out all hands solos all hands solos and plurals um, yeah, so all the clones on board are killed. Um, and this is where we get to this really powerful scene. You see, uh, the Y-Wing parked, you know, in the wreckage of the Star Destroyer. And Rex and Ahsoka actually take the time to bury the clone troopers that they find and hang their helmets on these sticks. And then you see Jesse's helmet. And this is where we get kind of an interesting, because Ahsoka's, uh, the book Ahsoka is supposed to be canon, but this is a little bit different. In the book Ahsoka, she leaves her lightsabers on what's supposed to be, it's fake, but it's supposed to be Rex's grave, so that if any Imperials find it, they'll think that Rex and Ahsoka are dead. Well, that's what they did. That was Rex's helmet. No, it wasn't. It was, um... It was Jesse's helmet, and this is kind of weird, um, because, so she leaves, because I was thinking about the book. Right, so, so was I. So she leaves the, the, and she only appears to leave one of her lightsabers, but I guess she leaves, no, she lets go of both, but the next scene we only they see They only one. show her, yes, they only show her drop one, okay. and in the next scene we only see one get picked up, but True. she does leave both according to the novel, so that was interesting, unless... She drops the one there. Maybe there's more. So yeah. you think that's Jesse's helmet? Well, here's there's a disconnect, and it's the only problem I see in the episode, is it's clearly Jesse's helmet. Because she, they actually bury them as if they were in, like, a company formation. And Jesse is, like, in front of the other graves, and the graves are in, you know, in lines. Um, and, yeah, it's Jesse's helmet, definitely. 
Uh, one of the cool things about Jesse them picking somebody. Jesse is that he has such a clear, distinct mark, uh, his tattoo yeah. and his helmet. Um, so it's Jesse's helmet. But then we skip to... Okay, so more to that. So don't don't skip yet. Let's talk okay. about this for a second. Okay. Because there's got to be more to this. So she only she drops one saber on the grave. Right. Um, at this point, it has to be that. It has to be that. Uh, I wonder if they if they bury Rex or you know supposedly bury rex with her other saber somewhere else um because for all the clones to be buried here yeah the way they are with their helmets up would make it very obvious that somebody was alive to do that and someone who cared about the clones and someone who cared like yep. they weren't just buried but they were buried with their helmets up which means it's somebody that cares correct um so that to me makes it seem like so she did drop one to say that, I mean, I, I don't know what that was symbolic of, but that that when they do the, the fake Rex death, and it might have been that they go somewhere else and they intentionally fake his death somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then bury the saber with And leave with the that. other one, yeah. That, that, that works. Be, that would be, that's the way it has to be, because this would be too obvious. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're all dead and buried. Well, I guess we have to hunt for Ahsoka. <laughs> like, right. Um, now, before we go fully into the next scene, the final scene, I want to talk about the actual transition of scenes. Okay. So Ahsoka is standing there, um, devastated. Yeah. But she's got her hood on. Yeah. And as it's transitioning from her hooded and this could just be me seeing things that I, I want to see, but as it's transitioning from her hooded, it's transitioning into the shuttle arriving, yes. an Imperial shuttle arriving. A Lambda class And the Imperial, Imperial shuttle, shuttle, it comes down right, right over her face. Oh, wow, I didn't notice this. Her face is still there as it's happening with her hood up, which we don't see Ahsoka with her hood up much. No. It has a very... To me, and like I said, I might be saying things. It has a very Vader look. Interesting. Because of the shape of the shuttle with his helmet and her hood on. So just watch that transition scene again. Because it could be, like I said, it could be coincidental. That did, um, that did not occur to us, dude. But it's it's really a cool looking it's a it's a cool looking transition. Arguably one of my favorite transition in all of TV and movie history, if that's true. Oh, I I nerded out. Um. Even with without noticing that, I nerded out because, yeah, the transition goes from Clone Wars to Empire Strikes Back, basically. I mean, it's, I don't know about the timeline, but the, you see the snowtroopers, you see stormtroopers, and you see the Lambda-class shuttle. Uh, all of this comes straight out of the, the original trilogy. Uh, ah, so cool. Um, and we don't actually know how much time has passed, because, you know, Vader's in his mask and helmet, you know, right after all this stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that's a fast transition, so we don't know exactly when this happens. Um, so we do have the snow. We're led to believe. I, I, I don't know what the snow symbolizes exactly. Um, obviously, this moon has an atmosphere. Yeah. But if I had to guess, I would say that it can't be that the moon 
has gone through some drastic change because not enough time has gone by for a you know like a planetary change i would say that that during certain times of the year or something it's completely dried up too close to the sun desert and at other times it's snow i i just thought it was a device to show that the passage of time i mean sometime but it couldn't have been but so like it can't be a this desert planet turned into a snow planet because it's within 15 16 17 18 years whatever not even that because he finds he, well, he we don't so good in rebels but these are stormtroopers so right the a fair amount of time must have passed at least a couple of years right but what i'm saying is the snow the the overall i'm going to keep calling it the planet but the overall moon's um weather pattern yeah, like it's not going to turn. Over. It's not going to change from a desert planet to a winter planet. No, unless my, it my does guess that is all the time. they were they were just showing it. It has seasons. Yeah, and he happened to get there when it was snow. So I thought it basically served the purpose of showing because they clearly show the snowtroopers and a stormtrooper. Um, yes, they, they're ver- they're being very clear. That, okay, this is the era of the empire. We're, we're in the empire now. Yes. Yeah. And I think the snow again just reinforces that time has passed. This wreckage is is aged. Um, the graves are partially covered. But this is where I, I said I had an issue. When he gets to the grave and he uncovers the uh, the lightsaber, the helmet that they show, which is so beautifully rendered, is not Jesse's helmet. It's a helmet with the Ahsoka um, tattoo pattern on it, which I think is ultra-powerful emotionally. Vader seeing not only her lightsaber, but seeing the helmet of the guys that... Those were that was his people showing their allegiance to Ahsoka that painted their helmets like that. Yep. So this would be you know this would be emotionally just huge to Anakin to not only see the lightsaber but to see. So let's assume he thinks Ahsoka did die in this, and that's why the lightsaber's there. To see that those guys were the ones that killed her. The ones that he was like, oh, we'll, we'll make you an advisor to this group of the 501st, and they're so dedicated to you, they've painted their helmets, you know, in honor of you, and for him to be like, and they killed her. Like, he would so clearly be the author of her death. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just awesome. Well, and then there's a, there's a, the ending to this gets even more so. Um, so I think, and you mentioned having an issue, and my guess is that the lightsaber was near the Ahsoka helmet, not near the Jesse. Correct. Um, but they were all, I mean, all the graves were right there. Yeah, yeah. So for one of them, I mean, this is really just one of them falling last. It, this does not bother me in the least. I just thought it was interesting that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the scene ends, and the show ends. Yes. This, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars series ends... Yes. ...with a... with with what we can see is half of a helmet cracked right down the middle. Yes. Painted as Ahsoka. Yes. And in the visor, we see Vader walking away. Yes. And that's how this series closes Oh, it's out. heartbreaking and beautiful and Shakespearean tragedy. It's so good. This, uh, this scene was so good. And I love seeing Vader rendered with the uh, Clone Wars animation. I thought he was so cool looking with this style of animation, so I'm so glad that they showed him. Uh, my daughter asked me before we watched it, she said, do you think Vader will appear? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll see. And sure enough, there he was. 
so that wraps up the season and the series. I, I have a question about this final scene for you, Tim, because you're a fan of a show called... Um, uh, it's another animation show, Star Wars based. Um, takes place during the early Empire. What was that show called? Uh, hmm. um, is, it a, is it a Lego show? Was, no, hmm. no. It uh, uh, it was called uh, Insurgents. Insurgents, Rebels. Oh, it was called um, Rebels. Rebels. Rebels is, is awesome. Rebels is awesome. Did you notice the bird? They called attention to Vader. Looks yes. up in the sky. What is that? So that's the owl. That we see so much in Rebels. Yes. What is, um, and what I is was, the significance of that? Do you know? I, I don't know. Um, I couldn't remember either, but it, it appears... So I was the... wondering about that too, because at first, I wondered if it was related to the sister. I couldn't tell what yes. it was at first. Yes, the Alter of Mortis. If it was Alter of Mortis related to the sister, but, but my kid said, he said, I think it's the bird that that owl that's always around Ahsoka throughout Rebels. Yeah. Not only that, I think it actually leads... Um, <laughs> what's his name? Shoot. Um, Ezra? Not Ezra. The, the Jedi Padawan. Why am I having a blank on this? The main guy from Rebels. Kanan? Kanan. Um, I think it leads Kanan to some of the uh, Jedi shrines. But it shows up in a lot of the imagery from the Ultra Mortis, which shows up in Rebels. The imagery does. Um, it's interesting. There's a whole Greek mythology aspect to this. Uh, the owl was a symbol of wisdom and and all that. That's why we say wise old owl and stuff. Uh, in Greek mythology, it was the uh, Athena always had an owl with her um, because she was the goddess of war and wisdom. Um, so I have a I have assurance here. It's, a, it's called a convor. You have a what? I have assurance. I have, I have a verification. It is okay. it is based on Altar of Mortis and the daughter. Okay, cool. So yeah, wow. That was I thought that was a, that was wild that he looked up and saw that bird circling, because um, I knew right away it was significant, but I could not remember the significance. Um, but I loved that it was a callback because it's the last episode. Um, it's literally the last minute of the of the show, of the series. Um, so that that wraps up the review, man. It was it was great, and you called it before we started recording. It's the longest episode ever. Yes, uh, this is definitely our longest podcast ever. Um, but so much to cover, so good. Uh, I mean, a tribute to the series, the Clone Wars. I probably like more than most of the movies, to be honest. Um, and I love the movies, except for the Last Jedi. Um, I love the movies. But I think the Clone Wars is better than all of them, except for maybe Empire Strikes Back and the uh, the original, um, New Hope. Yeah, I said what I said. Um, I what said. I do love Clone Wars. It's so so good. It's so good. Uh, I uh, now I gotta go back and watch Rebels because I'm tempted to say something crazy like it's even better than Rebels. But Rebels does have some of the most powerful em- emotional parts of of any Star Wars. Anything, any Star Wars production. Um, anyway, so that that's our recap of the series finale of Clone Wars season seven. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a recap of the entire series. Um, so, what do you want to do next here, Tim? Well, I don't know. Do you remember the? Uh, do you 
you remember what I asked you to remind me about at the end? Yeah, you said remind you about the Mandalorian episode yeah. two or something like that after episode uh, just two. episodes in general. How many episodes? How many episodes were in the Mandalorian? There were eight episodes, if I remember. There were correctly. eight episodes, and we have an eight episode docu series. I'm thinking that they're going to do dun, one episode dun. per. Well, the first one's called Direct. Like I thought they were going to do one episode uh, per episode. Yeah. One episode per episode, but the first yeah. one's just called Direction. Direction. Yeah, it's got a picture of Filoni sitting there. Filoni. Um, My hero. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, we're definitely going to talk a bit about whatever that is, and uh, maybe we can finally start our, our What If series. Yeah, the one that we've promised to do for three weeks now. I'd yeah. like to say that I have been available to do them. Well, I'm, I'm not this. pointing fingers, I'm not saying it's Tim's fault, I'm just saying it's not mine. <laughs> pew, pew. We, we uh, developed a plan for this What If series. We did. During the uh, uh, during the last segment of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the heady days, right during the uh, yeah during the Kessel Spice run, yeah, um, the the so only we, part about the se- season that was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, so we we felt that we needed a little bit more, and we were trying to branch out a little bit, um, but now we're ready to. You know, like this is closed. It's closed wonderfully. Um, yes, so I'm going to well. tell you this. I'm honestly a little bit glad that we didn't start yet. Yeah. Um, because now we have a pretty good plan for the next. Yep. Couple for our next content, we can do some what ifs. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we probably need to again reach out to the audience. I've already had several people say, "Well, I want to talk about this. I'd want to talk about this." Um, so we can start responding to those more and talk about some of the things. Uh, some of the audience wants to talk about or wants to hear us talk about, I guess. They want to hear Jim's reaction and they want to hear Tim tell him why it's wrong or vice versa or maybe we'll agree. We tend to agree more than disagree. Um, it's all good either way. Yeah. So what would happen if um, Qui-Gon had beaten Maul? What would happen if... Um, if Mace had beaten Sidious and Anakin hadn't interceded, what would happen if Obi-Wan Kenobi remembered owning droids? What would happen if Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi joined or tried to join? Dooku. Dooku, yeah. Dooku. What would happen if Ahsoka joined Maul at the end of uh, two episodes ago? We've got lots of stuff to talk about. Oh, we got all a ton of stuff. All speculation, all kinds of fun. We'll add in some real lore. We'll try to be... As specific as we can about what's real and what's not. What would have happened if uh, if Luke had struck down the Emperor? That's a good one in light of the uh, the release of Rise of Skywalker. If he had if he had seen if he had that Vader was ready to stop him and just force pushed Vader away and struck him down. Yeah. Um. Well, that what if already kind of exists. We'll talk about that. All right. Let's we'll talk about that, that and many, many other things in the future. The future yeah. is now. Happy May 4th. Happy 4th Day to everyone. Happy Star Wars Day. May, May the, the 4th, 4th be, be with, with you. you. <laughs> Always. Always. Um, good luck. <laughs> Indeed. As Ahsoka said. So for now, yeah. I think that's it, right? That's it. All right. Well, I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. And this has been our, our certain, certain point, point of view. view. Uh, this is the way I've spoken. I audio one. <laughs>